The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. The Bible has so many answers to life in the fire service today. Uh, we're able to use that to, to equip people to go out and, and share their faith with others. And it just helps them to have a more meaningful relationship with Christ. Craig Duck is the president slash missionary of the Fellowship of Christian Firefighters International. And you're about to meet him on this edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and you'll hear Craig's story in just a moment. These weekly interviews are for the purpose of meeting people from all walks of life who are living their life to the glory and in the service of Jesus Christ. We've interviewed hundreds of guests, and their stories are available to you through our website and smartphone app. Go to firstpersoninterview.com to listen online, or download our free app, First Person Interview, in your app store. And just before we turn to our guest, I want to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for the support making First Person possible. Learn more at febc.org. I happened to notice on Facebook that there is a fellowship of Christian firefighters, and that led me to Craig Duck, the leader of this group. Craig is a retired Washington, D.C. firefighter living in Virginia, and we spoke over the Internet, and I began to ask him to outline his own personal career. Okay, well, that's an interesting question because when we talk about careers, we think of uh, a paid position. But in the fire service, uh, we have both paid and volunteer. In mm -hmm. fact, um, the volunteers make up about 70% of firefighters in America and uh, the careers the rest. So my time as a firefighter started uh, probably when I was a little child, uh, sitting on my uh, dad's lap and hanging out at the firehouse in upstate New York. Uh, where I just kind of fell in love with the whole idea of being a firefighter and making lots of noise and um, having destructive uh, whatever. <laughs> the, um, just uh, anyway, so that that started my my love for the fire service. So when I was 18, I became a volunteer in a little bitty volunteer department up there called the Moyers Corners Volunteer Fire Department, and that mm. set the stage for being a paid guy. And so I was fortunate enough to, to be hired in Washington, D.C. Uh, I always wanted to be a New York City firefighter, but uh, um, I, that just didn't work out. I wasn't able to take the test. I didn't even know there was a Washington, D.C., to be honest with you, <laughs> until I saw a job posting and uh, was able to take that test and uh, uh, do well on it and got hired in Washington, D.C. So I spent the next 28 years there um, uh, hanging out in Washington. How many years did you serve in D.C., Craig? I worked there for 28 years, rose to the rank of lieutenant, which I probably could have gone higher, but I just loved being a, a, a lieutenant and commanding a group of individuals and, and uh, running up and down the streets and running into burning buildings and hmm. uh, that sort of stuff. Can I assume that you were on duty during 9-11 and the attack in D.C.? Well, that is correct. Um, so I was working that day, uh, which uh, is... It's amazing how I remember having a conversation once with my mom about uh, the assassination of um, uh, the president. And uh, um, 
she was like, I knew exactly where I was. I was under uh, under a faucet getting my hair done. I said, mm-hmm. Mom, how can you know when Kennedy was shot, where mm-hmm. where you were? And uh, But on 9-11, we, knew, we all knew where we were right. and what we were doing, and we can recount that. And, and I was uh, at work that day uh, working at Engine 6 and Truck 4. Hmm. Any harrowing moments in your career as a fireman? Well, there's a, a lot of harrowing. Uh, certainly, 9-11 was one. Um, but uh, I was blessed to be a part of some really busy companies. Uh, I worked at Engine 10 in Washington, which back in the 90s, we had a crack epidemic there, which is hard to believe in the nation's capital. And, and uh, so we were running probably between 30 and 40 calls in a 24-hour period and going to two and three fires a day. And uh, so there was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fires that we went to, a lot of, uh, we were doing medical locals, so we went to um, shootings and stabbings and things like that. So mm-hmm. it, uh, it always kept us busy. Hmm. Let me take you back to 9-11. Uh, I don't know if you were at the Pentagon, but of course the whole city was uh, affected by what was going on that day. Uh, talk more about what uh, what you went through. Absolutely. Well, uh, I was at the Pentagon. It's, it is interesting how um, God works uh, in ways that we don't understand. I, I shouldn't have been at the Pentagon. I was assigned at the time to Engine Company 6 in D.C. And uh, um, just prior to the, the uh, Pentagon fire, there was uh, obviously the the uh, Twin Towers were hit by an airplane. And, and uh, we actually happened to talk about it as a, as a crew that day. But... Um, uh, but uh, just before the, the Pentagon, there was a box alarm or a reported inbound plane for the White House. And so had I been on Engine 6, that would have taken me there. A good friend of mine on Engine 4 who took our place um, uh, said that he just stood there for for uh, about 15 hours in front of the White House doing absolutely nothing. And mm. that kind of frust- frustrates firefighters. You know, we were action oriented we mm-hmm. want to do something but but my company was um detailed to the training academy for some uh, emergency medical technician retraining and i didn't have that i didn't need that so so i was uh, taken off of the engine and put on the truck because the the captain uh, was away for some terrorism training in Anniston, Alabama. And uh, so that's what put me on truck four. And truck four was uh, first due truck for um, Washington, D.C. At, at the Pentagon. And so mm-hmm. we were we were there right after the, the, the plane had uh, struck the, the Pentagon. And yes, there was a plane. Uh, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist person. <laughs> there was actually a plane there. Yeah, and so we spent yeah, we spent about uh, 18 hours uh, over there. Wow. I could spend the rest of our time talking about that experience. And thank you for your service, by the way, and all those who served so valiantly uh, on that day. It's, it's an amazing. It's, it's ironic that your your leader was away on, for terrorism training on that day. Yeah, and that's that's a story in it of itself. But uh, there was a, a lot of officers and chiefs that were down in Alice, Aniston for that. And uh, mm-hmm. Um, so that took away a lot of the, the smart folks, uh, and, and they couldn't fly back. So they, they had to take a, a um, bus back. And so that took some time, but, mm-hmm. uh, um, but yeah, a large 
part of D.C. was over there. And when I say over there, most people think the Pentagon is in Washington. It's not. Right. Um, it was moved from Washington to um, uh, to Virginia when when they built the uh, Pentagon. And, and it's interesting to note that the groundbreaking event for that building was uh, September 11th, 19. 19- oh. Uh, 41. I did not know uh, so. that. I knew it was built during the war, but uh, there's a, a, a wonderful memorial there at the Pentagon that uh, visitors, if you haven't seen that, I urge our listeners to go and visit that. Absolutely. Well, let, let's let's talk about um, what families go through. Your, what did your wife and family go through knowing that you were on the front line? Uh, well, um, my wife caught it from both ends because my sister was in New York and worked near the uh, uh, Twin Towers and then me working in in Washington. So I, I had a phone conversation with her. Our kids were homeschooled at the time. And so uh, I thought it would be interesting for them to watch this event um, unfolding in New York. So I called her up and said, hey, turn the TV on. Uh, there's been a plane and, and that hit the towers. And we didn't know at the time that it was terrorism. And uh, so she did that. And I went back uh, about my business at the firehouse just because uh, we have to clean during that time and get the, the trucks ready and everything. So uh, that was the last conversation that I had with her until I called probably 10 o'clock at night when we had gotten back to our firehouse. And, uh, and I said, mm. hey, everything's all right. And she said, OK, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. you know, but they they you know, they can only get the reports of what's going on and in, in, mm. um uh, on television, uh, fortunately, there it wasn't the same type of event like it was in New York. There wasn't a lot of firefighters that died. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, there was uncertainty um, for her for quite a long time. Yeah, I don't think we really understand the anxiety that family, whether it's a, you know, for lack of a better word, a routine fire or not, the anxiety at home for, for loved ones that are serving in that way, it, it must be palpable. You are a follower of Jesus Christ, and we're going to talk about the Fellowship of Christian Firefighters that uh, you lead, but talk about your own story with Christ. Well, it's a, it's an interesting story uh, because from a non-Christian perspective, it, uh, it went okay. But from a Christian perspective, my, my wife or my girlfriend at the time violated some, some things that uh, uh, Christians warn you not to do. And, and what I mean by that is uh, before I even met her, I was a volunteer firefighter in the Moyers Corners Fire Department, and we had a banquet that we did every year. It was a big fancy deal, and you get dressed up and and you bring the wives and uh, to it or girlfriends. And so I needed a date, and a good friend of mine on the fire department um, hooked me up on a blind date with this nice young Christian lady. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and that's why I said she violated. You know, most oh, people I see. say yeah. don't don't uh, yeah. don't date non Christians. You know. <laughs> And, uh, and so we dated and, and it was, it was a good date. And, and then I started hanging around her and, and her father, who was, uh, uh, a really good man. He would talk to me all the time about the Bible and, and my sin condition and, and where I stood before God. And, and one day in, in a conversation, uh, he said something that just really struck me and I couldn't get out of my mind. He said, if you were to die in a fire tonight, where would you go? I was like, wow, I had no idea. 
And uh, so he was able to share the gospel with me. And and uh, over the course of another couple of weeks and some sermons at church, and which I thought the pastor was speaking right to me, I decided that, uh, yes, I was a sinner and I did need a Savior. And so I uh, asked uh, Jesus to um, uh, to forgive my sins and to uh, uh, to come into my life and, and be my Lord and Savior. And you've followed him since. There's been no turning back, right? No turning back, just like the song says. Yes, sir. We'll continue to get to know Craig Duck of the Fellowship of Christian Firefighters coming up on this edition of First Person. When I first heard the good news on the FBC's station, I tried praying to Jesus for the first time. Life is difficult, but Christ is helping me see things differently. The Far East Broadcasting Company receives millions of responses each year from grateful listeners. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. The Far East Broadcasting Company, until all have heard. My guest is Craig Duck. Craig is president and missionary for the Fellowship of Christian Firefighters. And uh, it was a story that I came across on Facebook, and it intrigued me so much that I had to call Craig and, and talk to him about what he does and what the fellowship is all about. And we've heard Craig's own personal story. And, Craig, I want to turn our attention now to the fellowship and just have you describe what it is and why it exists. It, it uh, has a, a story. Every, everything has a story. But uh, back in 1977 in Denver, Colorado, uh, one of our founding members uh, was going through a rough time in his life. And and uh, uh, he ended up losing his family and, and um, uh, through divorce. And, and he just got in all sorts of trouble. He was in the union softball team. And so his life was spinning out of control. And, and so through a set of circumstances, uh, he became saved and wanted to grow in his faith. He met another firefighter from the Denver Fire Department and said, okay, now what? What, what should we do? And so they began meeting together for Bible study one-on-one, and then that one-on-one turned into a small group, and then that small group turned into other groups in the area and then around the country and uh, eventually around the world. And, and so that's the kind of the mainstay of our ministry is meeting together in local groups uh, for Bible study and encouragement and just to provide hope in a, in a very difficult uh, service uh, that we, we are in. Now, your title is President and Missionary. Uh, that's a pretty unique title. Why do you consider yourself a missionary? Well, it's uh, uh, just like any other missionary, we're one cent. Uh, I used to do that for the kids in su- Sunday school, take a penny out and say missionaries are one that is sent. And, <laughs> and so uh, we look at the... We look at the fire service as 1.2 million uh, firefighters, and that doesn't include the EMS folks, and and that's just in the United States. And so it's a big missions field. Uh, many of the young folks uh, don't even attend a church on a uh, a normal, you know, on a regular basis, and and so many of them are just lost and and don't know where to go, and so. Uh, just like a missionary, uh, we uh, bring people in to provide that hope, to share the gospel, to uh, uh, to set up groups. And, and so uh, that's why you consider me a missionary. Mm-hmm. You really stress the Bible and Bible study among the members. Uh, talk about that and some of the things you're doing. 
Well, it, it is important. Um, there's been times in our ministry when when the fellowship was uh, more stressed, and and that's okay. Fellowship is good, but uh, uh, for me, uh, getting into the Bible and into uh, learning and growing, I, I think, is so important. Uh, just because the Bible has so many answers to life in the fire service today. And, and so uh, we're able to, to use that to, to equip people to go out and, and share their faith with others. And, and so in our ministry, we, we do daily devotions, uh, obviously every day. And, and so what we do is we, we take uh, um, what Jesus did and a lot of, you know, even, uh, in Paul, where they were able to take, say, like the image of a Roman soldier and and, uh, and talk about that and equate that to biblical principles, um, we try to do the same. In our daily devotion, we'll talk about a tool or a, a concept or something firefighters are very familiar with and then draw that that biblical uh, analogy. And, and so we put those out every day. And then we have Bible studies that are written by firefighters for firefighters and first responders because we serve in a, in a unique world that many folks don't understand. Um, and, and so with us being able to uh, to use what God has given us in the fire service to to um, make these Bible studies and and uh, it just helps them to have a, a more meaningful relationship with Christ and and so so yeah we put a lot of uh, time and effort into that we uh, in fact we uh, just yesterday I had a Bible study with our Kenyan firefighter friends uh, that we go over there and so we have a a fairly large group of people we meet once a month um, for Bible study and and we do discipleship um, uh, ministries and just a whole host of things to to train folks and get them knowledgeable in the Bible. I saw the word international in your title, but it didn't uh, connect with me that you you are international. Do you know how many countries are, are touched by the fellowship? Uh, well, of course, they're like anything else. They come and go. Uh, we used to have a, a group in Australia, uh, but that that's kind of faded away. But uh, uh, we have folks meeting in Zambia and several in Kenya, and we have uh, uh, folks getting together in Canada. Uh, so those are the, the three main ones right now. We've been we've been working uh, with the Ukraine. Uh, we went over there last year, but that's really um, that's a, a tough area to get into um, for many, many reasons, but uh, planted some seeds last year and we're uh, hoping to go back this year, train firefighters and then um, uh, do devotions and stuff. So it, it's a slower go, but uh, uh, hopefully that the Lord will open up that door in, in the Ukraine. Um, I, I love your website, which is so thorough and uh, really um, just chocked full of information and Bible study for members. Uh, give us the website address for your organization. That's uh, www.fellowshipofchristianfirefighters.org. All right, fellowshipofchristianfirefighters.org. And we'll put that link in our program notes at First Person Interview. Dot com. Tell me about the app that you've developed. I also see you on YouTube uh, with these uh, these instructional Bible studies and so on. You're you're really uh, you're really trying to reach out, aren't you? Well, we're trying. Um, we've been on on uh, YouTube for a little while. With you know, it's a slow success. Uh, the other thing that we just recently started doing was. Uh, 
uh, firehouse chapel because uh, a lot of firefighters uh, work on on uh, Sundays, and so we give them an opportunity not to replace a local church, but just to have a place that they can uh, worship. We we've also developed an app because uh, we understand that young people are um, on their phones, on their smartphones all the time, and 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 there's an app for just about everything. So so we developed the Christian Firefighter Hub, and what that is. We realize that there's other ministries besides ours out there, and so we wanted to create this hub where everybody can kind of get together, share their articles or Bible studies or devotions or anything else, and uh, and have a platform so that we can build this community. And so, so if you just type in on the Play Store Christian Firefighter Hub, it'll bring it up. You can download it for free and, uh, again, get all our Bible studies and articles and uh, videos are on there as well and a whole host of things to help you grow in your faith. Excellent. Is that just for members of EMS crews or firefighters? Is this for general public? No, general public. Anybody can download it and take advantage of it. And uh, in fact, it, it would be good, especially if, if you're trying to minister to a, a firefighter and you want to kind of uh, get a better understanding of what they go through and and uh, um, how you can better equip them, then, yeah, you can download it for free and, and uh, take advantage of all those resources. We'll put all that information at firstpersoninterview.com. Craig, as we wrap up, I, I just want your perspective on how can we pray for our own communities where people like we're talking about today, firemen and EMS personnel, they serve us so, so well. How can we pray for them in general? Uh, well, there's two things. Um, first of all, uh, I think one of the prayers would be, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, that uh, 70% of um, firefighters are volunteers. And we're noticing in these small communities that uh, that um, people joining up is down. Uh, younger folks don't like to commit to, to things like that. And so it's getting more and more difficult to get the people to be able to, to respond. Um, it's interesting to note that George Washington, our first president, he was a volunteer firefighter mm-hmm. in, in Virginia. So, so that would be a good prayer request that, that uh, uh, some of these communities would, would uh, uh, see more people signing up to, to, be able to, um, uh, to be able to answer the call when needed. I think the other thing is it's, it's a very difficult uh, place to, to work, whether you're paid or volunteer. We go to a lot of ugly things. Uh, we see people die. We see people's stuff destroyed. We, you know, it's just, uh, it can be overwhelming at times. And that's why we see uh, suicide on the rise. Um, we're not proud of this statistic, but for the first time, we're tied with the cops um, for suicide um, with active people. And so, so just, uh, you know, pray that. Uh, 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 the love of Christ would come into the fire service, that uh, we would be able to provide hope for these folks and that uh, uh, that they would be able to continue to, to serve um, without having any of these uh, uh, issues and problems that people have. Our first person guest has been Craig Duck, who is both president and a missionary for the Fellowship of Christian Firefighters International. Craig retired from the Washington, D.C. Fire Department and now spends his time encouraging other men and women spiritually who provide this vital service. If you'd like to learn more about the fellowship or perhaps there's a friend or family member who would like to know about this Christian group, we'll place a link at firstpersoninterview.com. 
Bringing you these weekly interviews is made possible by the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Why? Because the stories of lives changed by Christ are celebrated by all of us, and FEBC wants you to rejoice at the stories of people turning to Christ wherever FEBC's programs are heard. On the website, febc.org, you'll find inspiring stories of people in far corners of the world who are listening to FEBC and giving their lives to the Lord. Watch the videos found at febc.org and give thanks for this ministry which faithfully proclaims God's love. Again, go to febc.org. FEBC until all have heard. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening and join us next time right here for First Person. Thank you.